Have you ever wondered how a company is able to offer unlimited time off or be a pet-friendly office? Curious how HR leaders manage the well-being of remote or essential workforces? If so, you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Andrea Heron, Head of People for WebMD Health Services, and I'd like to welcome you to the HR Scoop. On this podcast, I talk with other HR leaders to explore the world of unique employee benefits and about the challenges of managing unique workforces, because well-being isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. On part two of this amazing two-part episode, Mitch and I continue to talk about wellness realizations from the pandemic, the importance of engaging employees, and repelling waterfalls. Enjoy. But what we did discover when we said, what do you still need? What can we do for you? The top three things that came up, number one, work-life balance. And guess what? That Although we probably couldn't fully appreciate it, you know, we had a lot of people who were already working from home. And again, you brought up the great point about, oh my God, I'm at home, not just at home, you know, kicking back and, you know, with my legs up, I've got my kids running around yelling and hollering, and I've got a spouse who maybe is unemployed or also trying to work from home, and yet we're in a one-bedroom apartment or whatever it might be. So work-life balance was their number one pain point, issue, challenge. The second thing that they wanted most of all, besides work-life balance, was fun and lightheartedness. We would have never guessed that. We would have thought, right. I'm depressed, I'm frustrated, I'm, I'm losing my ability to cope, whatever. And that was the number two thing is, I want more fun and lightheartedness. Fortunately, that was one of our choices that we'd thrown in there. It wasn't because they told us that, but that bubbled up to the top. And so as silly as it sounds, we just started doing distractors. We just started throwing out fun little games. You know, I mean, something as dumb as a crossword puzzle or a, a little mystery game where we would create, you know, this fun little mystery of who stole the laptop, you know, and we would like do four directors, you know, and like, you know, and just kind of do these simple games that probably you did in grade school. People loved them. I mean, you know, sometimes we would do like this, you know, like a a silly, like a $25 Amazon gift card or something like, you know, you know, for a drawing as a price. But that's what we noticed. And I will tell you, fun and and lightheartedness obviously can be interpreted differently by you versus me. And I know, and and again, I'm going to just stereotype HR can get really like, okay, you know, that funny joke or that funny meme was hilarious to that person, but the other person sitting next to them was offended by it. So it it is a delicate balance. And so we leaned more towards the game idea versus, oh, everyone submit their funniest video, you know, and and, and we'll post a video. We didn't go that route. I'm not saying you shouldn't or couldn't, but... There's more more potholes that way. (laughs) There you go. Puns or cat videos or fun little trivia. And I like that. And you are exactly right that when we're stressed or in a bad spot, you don't always know what you need. It's kind of like when your your neighbor just had a baby. Don't ask what they need. Just take them some food, right? Yes. I mean, just do the thing. And I, I mean, it's also similarly, maybe you can't relate, but you know, there've been times when I'm really hungry and I make the mistake to go grocery shopping and maybe I eat the M&Ms in the car on the way home because it's there and you do what's easy, not what's best. So yes. by giving people options of things that you could actually deliver on, you know, I think even other organizations outside of healthcare could really 
take something from that and say, here's a list of 15 things. What do you like? What do you want? And not everybody's going to like everything, but they know you did it. Even if they don't participate, they know it was available and you tried. Yeah. You, you, I'll tell you one of the things, you know, so speaking to, you're not always going to make everyone happy. So one of the things that we did d- during, during this COVID time is that we gave or offered everyone once a week, a free lunch at the cafeteria. And I mean, right. and, and I will tell you, we have a pretty incredible cafeteria. I mean, I like to brag because we even have sushi there, which is oh, pretty wow. darn amazing. I mean, I love sushi, but so I know I'm biased. But I mean, you know, you got a huge compliment and, and, and to know that every employee could come in and get a free lunch. Now, you know what? You had a, people who were working off campus. Oh, what about us? That's not fair. You know, and, and we know that we're not always going to please everyone. But I will tell you, when we did a survey, that was the top satisfier. And that, that out-topped the, wait, we're offering free counseling, you know, free six-session counseling. We, were, we, we are actually still offering telehealth, or I'm sorry, teledoc, you know. So you don't even have to go see a regular doctor if that's not comfortable for you. You can do virtual with a teledoc, and we will pay for it. I mean, so we did a lot of amazing things. And yet, despite the big list that I could give you, the thing that was and I'm not even, wasn't even close. Like, well, that was 25%. And this one was 35%. Blew out of the water. A $7 once a week lunch was by far the most meaningful thing to these people who felt like, oh, you do care about me. And obviously that, that was our goal. We just wanted to say, we're trying. We're not perfect. We know we're not going to make everyone happy, but we're trying. You know, it it starts with the elementary school pizza party, and it just continues through adulthood. We all love free food, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. I mean, if I know that there's going to be, you know, and and I shouldn't admit this because I'm the wellness guy, but you know, <laughs> but if I know there's going to be free donuts, you know, okay, maybe I will get up early to show up to that eight o'clock meeting or whatever. Yeah, it is. Nothing wrong with a donut. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm curious with all the data and this. I don't even know what to call it, but just this influx of creativity and new ideas and adaptability that you've had in the past year, I'm wondering what you might keep and what is, you know, a relic of this strange time or what might become a full part of the benefits and wellness package going forward. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you ask a great question and I, th- I think I think the country, the world is going to, you know, is going to learn a, a lot of things, you know, you know, f- from what has happened. And I, and I will tell you, there, there, there's three things that I think that are going to merge, you know, or emerge and really and, and, and to your point that we're going to find a way to either continue to build in and nourish and, and watch and grow here. And, and the first one is this 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 idea of autonomy. I think we've all known the power of autonomy, but you want, you want to meet someone's psychological need, give them autonomy. You know, kids want autonomy. I remember my nephew, you know, who wasn't even like four years old or whatever it was. And, you know, it's like, oh, I want some milk or something like that. Okay, I'll walk to the, you know, I'm, I'm going to walk to the refrigerator. I'm going to get you the milk. And he pushes the refrigerator door shut and says, no, I can open it. And it's, you know, and, and so even at a young age, we really want autonomy. We, I can do it. So I think this whole idea of being able to work from home, I think there was a lot of belief, right or wrong, a lot of beliefs of, oh, we're going to get productivity out of them. Is this going to really work? Are they, guess what? So far, and I'm, and I'm not claiming to have a lot of data on this, but so far it seems to be kind of okay and working. Now, maybe it won't, but 
but I think autonomy, finding ways to continue to to uh, um, encourage, promote autonomy, I think we will see engagement and I think we will see more wellness. It's kind of like, if I trust you, guess what? You might actually then trust me. And, that, and, and that's the basis of this whole idea that can I, can I, can I trust you enough and build you up enough that then you will just flourish? And guess what? Then that will be given back to us in return. You know, it's like, who's going to extend the olive branch first? Who's going to offer trust first? So one of the things that this wellness program at this organization has been built on is all about trust. And what I mean by that is those listeners out there who have a worksite wellness program, sometimes what we do is we say, first of all, we tell you what you need to do. You need to lose weight. You need to change your cholesterol. You need to eat more fruits and vegetables, blah, 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 blah. And what happens is we end up doing wellness to the individual. Even if I could sit there on my on my proud little pedestal and say, it's evidence-based, so I, it's right, <laughs> right that I'm doing this. Guess what? We need to back off. We need to trust our employees and say, here's a wellness platform. You carve your own path. Yes, maybe you do need to lose weight. Maybe you do need to stop smoking. But if right now what you want to work on is relationships, because maybe you're in an unhappy relationship and you want to get into some counseling, or you're lonely because you're isolated and you want to find some relationships and build some friendships, great. If that's what's most important to you today, then that's going to be important to us too. And so it's this idea of not only giving some autonomy to these individuals and saying, you you create the path and we will walk with you down your path versus forcing them to walk down our path. And then knowing that they have the competence to do it, especially, and again, I don't mean to, to downplay anyone else out there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that most people who work in healthcare already have the intellectual knowledge. So right. I don't need to do another smoking campaign, for example, right? We all like, know like, you shouldn't be smoking. Exactly. Right? We not, all know it. Okay. No, nobody's so, like, I've never heard this <laughs> What? I'm not supposed to smoke? I didn't know that. It looks so cool. So, you know, so, 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 so it's about autonomy, number one. Number two is competence and, 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 and either believing in or building up people's competence. And I think the third thing that, that I would really argue for and I think needs to be built in is this concept of relationships. This, this, this idea of relatedness. I think so many people are craving connections. When I talk to my colleagues, or I'm sorry, my former colleagues, you know, back in Los Angeles and a lot of my friends back in Los Angeles, those who, because a lot of them started working from home, they said, I never thought I would admit this but I miss my coworkers. They used to drive me crazy with their chomping of the gum or playing the music too loud or their stupid joke, whatever it was. But now that they've been, for better lack of words, stuck at home, wow, they have really been missing connections, social connections. It doesn't mean that the people at work are their best friends, but they have missed those social connections. And we and, and I, and you know, I, I, I've got a couple of teacher friends who are now just starting to have to go back into the classroom and they're like, Oh my God, I didn't even know that so-and-so looked like that. I had this image based on just seeing neck and above. And I had no idea that they were tall or short or whatever. And, and so 
I don't know. I, I'm, I, I really think that that's something we're going to have to work on. And, and, and again, those, those who are listening in the wellness, specifically focusing on wellness, I think we've put a lot of, lot of energy into things like nutritional well-being, emotional and mental well-being, physical well-being. We all know that social well-being is one of those components, but how many programs, how much stuff do we have that's really devoted to social well-being? And I really believe that's something that we're going to have to devote to um, more and more because it's become so obvious how, my, how much people are craving it. I couldn't agree with you more, actually. And I think, you know, a lot of the wellness started out more community-based, right? Like we got our social interaction, our volunteer, our political advocacy, you know, all of those things, even nutrition and connection through community. And more and more, it's shifting to an expectation of the employer. And so we're in that gap now. And I think last year has pushed us forward significantly because it's become so obvious, but now the employees are having to catch up. And so having a dedicated wellness person or even anybody thinking about it or creating opportunities to connect, even non-work related, if it's a trivia game or just a Zoom lunchtime, let's not talk about work, let's talk about, let's do sports, I don't, whatever, you know, that's going to be something that employers have to figure out if they want to keep people engaged. Correct. And especially if, if we're going to continue to buy into this um, off-site remote working, because it's going right. to get people, th- th- there will be less chances for people to become engaged. And guess what? If I'm not really emotionally, mentally engaged with my company, well, guess what? Then really it just becomes about money. And if the right. company down the road who also does remote remote job and they're going to pay me more money, well, I'm not emotionally or mentally or socially connected here. I may as well just go over there because I'm still going to get to sit in my house. And you know what I mean? So we were really going to have to work on how do we get you socially back engaged with us, which that's where all the relationships. I mean, I'm not in marketing, but I know that those people that are in sales, they usually had a a, a, a money allotted to networking. Right. Right. Well, the reason is because they know the power of relationships. So I think it's something we're going to probably have to learn from that industry who who already knew that that's how that worked. But we're going to have to figure how to figure out how to do that internally. Yeah, I agree. Because there's no loyalty and there's no real draw if it's just a pure job. Well, this. I mean, we could talk all day about this and, you know, maybe we will. <laughs> right. <laughs> time. right. Um, but I do really think that, you know, you brought up some great points and, you know, some good things to consider and maybe some ideas people out there can implement in their own workplace. But before we go, I have to ask something I ask of everyone to remind us that we are all people um, is, you know, maybe is there something that you could tell us about yourself that we may not know or something interesting that you want to share? I never think of myself as an interesting person, but um, <laughs> I, well, I, I, the first two things that came to mind is, is, is when people go to my LinkedIn page, I actually have a picture of me rappelling off of a waterfall. You know, and and I know at least I'm told by the experts that LinkedIn, you know, is meant to be a professional thing, and you should have professional pictures up there or whatever. But it's but it's my way of trying to communicate to maybe to your point, your question is, hey, there's a human behind the professional. There's one who I have a sense of adventure, and I love doing things like rappelling off waterfalls. But I but I but I think the thing that probably 
when I really look back at my life, I will tell you something that really influenced that probably most most people don't know, except for my mother and some of my family, is uh, when I was a senior in college, I got a very rare case of mono. Now, create your own stories about how I caught that mono, but <laughs> I I got a very rare case of mono and it, and it affected, it went into what's called your brachial plexus. And what it did is it paralyzed my right arm. And I am right-handed, by the way. And it paralyzed my right arm. Um, and they said, oh, yeah, this is a very rare case of mono. It happens to only f- like 4%, but don't worry. In about 12 weeks, that paralysis will go away. Well, 16 weeks had gone by. I had, I had to drop out of school for at least a semester. Um, and now, now I wasn't going to graduate on time. So I was already panicking because Mitch had always been a good boy. He had always followed the rules, did what everyone said, and my life was going to work out. And this honestly, except for my parents divorcing, was the real first monkey wrench I had to deal with in my life. And then 16 weeks, still my arm is paralyzed. Go to the doctor again, and they said, well, what we what we didn't tell you is there are some cases where the paralysis doesn't go away. And my mind went from this, oh, I just have to wait another week to, wait a minute, this could be permanent. I may, you know, and so I was determined, you know, they didn't say it was impossible and they did some testing and they said, yeah, obviously, because your arm's been immobilized for so long, it's already atrophying, you know, you are going to have to basically will yourself back to health. Um, And and, and, and when I said will yourself, because I still had use of my hand. And so I had to start doing exercises where I would put my hand on the wall and like a spider work my hand up the wall just to get my arm to move. And they said, when you're laying in bed with your the hand that does work, grab your arm and move it up and down. Just get it to start moving. And sure enough, after enough time, um, I got full function back, you know, and it was a scary point. But it, I think what it did is it emboldened me, emboldened me to believe in myself that, oh, okay, it isn't all just fate. It, 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 there is, you know, yes, sometimes some things happen, but I do believe that there's a combo of believing in a higher universe as well as believing in yourself. And that probably, you know, that was my senior year in college. And that reset myself and probably the, the attitude and the approach I took with my career. Yeah. Well, overcoming something like that and really reshaping your perspective and repelling off waterfalls. I mean, you're no longer allowed to say you're not interesting. I I don't think you can ever say that again. (laughs) You're kind. Thank you. Thank you. That's nice. But thank you for sharing. Yeah. What a, you know, what a perspective changer that would be. Truly true. I I mean, yeah, it truly was, you know, and, and it's, I try not to forget it and I try, I don't know if my friends would call me humble, but I really do try to stay humble because I know something, you know, something could happen again. You, you know what I mean? You know, at any moment, you know, and so I am, I'm grateful that I get to wake up once more and I'm grateful that I get to have a conversation with someone like you and, and I get to smile at someone or tell a loved one that I love them. And that's, and that's all I can ask for. Yeah, that's all any of us can ask for, truly, especially, you know, I think we've all had our perspective shifted this past year. So. Oh, boy, what what a perfect. That's a perfect way to bring it back around. <laughs> you're you're absolutely right. I think we've all had a hopefully an opportunity to reflect and yeah, learn to either be better or better. <laughs> Very. Let's shoot for better. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. 
Likewise, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the HR Scoop podcast. Please take a moment to rate and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google, or directly at webmdhealthservices.com slash podcasts.